Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. Oh, I'd love to be an Oscar Mayer wiener. That is what I truly like to be. Because if I were an Oscar Mayer wiener... The Wienermobile has become a victim. Thieves stole the most expensive part of the Wienermobile as it was parked outside a Vegas hotel. They got a hold of the catalytic converter, ripped it out of there for the platinum and rhodium that's inside those things, and so it was sidelined. The Wienermobile, the Wienermobile, come on. This is the worst story of the day. <laughs> oh, there's no. I know doubt how about you spelled that. that. <laughs> w U R S T. It's just, we were talking at this time yesterday about the software patch that Hyundai and Kia are now generously giving right. their car owners about two years after this wide swath of car thieves, you know, a, a car stolen happened. So great. It looks like the Wienermobile need, mobile needed a patch. The thieves are seen hot dogging it uh, soon afterwards. And are you saying, done? Are you finished? No. Okay. There must have been a mistake. <laughs> oh, my. Let's be frank. This uh, is just not a good situation. Police are on the case-ing. How about that? Yeah. This is like, um, but this is like why we can't have nice things. Like, I'm glad the Wienermobile was out in Vegas, all part of the Super Bowl hoopla. But really... Now we're even stealing from... Like, this Apparently. is brazen. Well, they're on them, though. I mean, if caught, the criminals will be charged with a Mr. Wiener. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, in, in, you... in all seriousness, how would, you, how would you know where to go and find that thing, that valuable piece of equipment? Where, where would you know how to go on in? On this unique... Right? On the yeah. Wiener mobile. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thieves, I always say, like, the amount of energy and thought that criminals put into their... Like, they could cure cancer. Like, quit trying to oh, figure yeah. out how to bust into... No, these guys couldn't cure cancer. <laughs> <laughs> must, be, must be pretty clear about that. But you want to know who is willing to pay for any Wiener Mobile repairs? Uh, is there a Wiener pun here? You haven't had any yet. No. Right. It's your turn. Yes, yeah, your turn. The animal rights group PETA. Really? They will pay for repairs and maintenance for up to a year on the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. If they convert it to a vegan vehicle. Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> no, that ain't happening. I wish, that's awfully I wish, nice for them to step up. I wish the leadership of PETA would go in the dark room with Aaron Rodgers, actually. <laughs> They'd get along, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. Yeah. They're about the same cloth, aren't they? With the rising they? demand for vegan hot dogs and following last year's report about the oh, potential God. for Oscar Mayer not hot dogs, now is the perfect time to put the brakes on an old idea and make a shift. PETA's clearly the worst. <laughs> <laughs> It is 4.13 at WTMJ. Schools were canceled today. They got canceled yesterday. Was that the right call? What about the timing? Is there collusion that takes place between the districts? The snow discussion. What do you think about the decision involving your kid's school and how it played out today? The Old National Bank talk and text lines 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. Gene in Light Country wants to weigh in on the Wienermobile story. The Wienermobile having the catalytic converter stolen, is that the equivalent to the Wienermobile getting a vasectomy? Oh, boy. I think so. I just hope they catch up with whoever did the dirty deed. You're borrowing from Rich in New Berlin now. Well, he didn't say that. Almost. Close. I would relish the opportunity to help out. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm with you. I just still can't believe that of all the catalytic converter thefts, that the Wienermobile is also now one of the victims. Well, that's like when you knock Mike Tyson out. You're like, I'm going to steal that right converter. (laughs) But then you can't do anything. You can't display it in your man cave and say, guess what this is. They were never going to display it anyway. They were just going to sell it for all those medals. I think you're right. Uh, Let's talk snow. We'd like for you to be part of the conversation. The Old National Bank talk and text line number is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. Specifically, let's talk school, whether you're talking uh, the public school district where your small children go, high school, or at the university level. What are your thoughts on yesterday at this time canceling school for today when we were expected to get six inches of snow? Good idea? Bad idea? Was that the right call? 855-616-1620. So as we sat here yesterday, and it was a very nice day, about this time, schools started to announce that they were going to close tomorrow, meaning that they would close today. So I talked to a a school superintendent before the last snowstorm, and we had an in-depth discussion about what goes into all of this. And, you know, in this particular instance, what happened was that they could get the kids to school, and they were afraid that they wouldn't be able to get the kids home. And I would say it was a damn good decision. Listen to Debbie this afternoon talking about all the problems on the road. Do you want your kids on a school bus sliding around right about now when they would be coming home from school? So they, uh, that, that's why they canceled it, was because they couldn't get the kids home. The superintendent also told us, another like uh, moving the snow amounts down a little bit, I'm looking at the live feed on TV, which is good news, I guess, um, that school busing issues are almost always what leads to the decision to close schools. It almost always surrounds busing. Whether they think they can either get the kids to school safe or get them home safe, it's busing. And that, I understand that. That certainly yeah, makes too. sense. And if we're hearing about six semis jackknifed on expressways, because that's where Debbie has the best camera view, Ooh, yeah. imagine the streets that are not the expressways that haven't been cleared or aren't cleared as well, that are even slipperier. You know, when you just turn a corner yeah. in your own neighborhood and you start to fishtail and that panic sets in. Well, a school bus isn't four-wheel drive. A school bus right. doesn't have seatbelts. Oh, gee. Yeah. There's always the reflex of especially... The, the old school, and, and I consider myself old school. I saw the closings yesterday and go, well, I mean, isn't, aren't we jumping the gun? Yeah. It, there's always the chance that this could have not been as big of a storm, yep. and then we would be in the mode of I told you so mm-hmm. today instead. But better to err on the side of caution. As it turns out, the snow totals were right. The kids would be going home this afternoon. It would be a nightmare and a mess. So when you woke up this morning and said, well, my kid could have gone to school. There's nothing happening yet. Yet is the operative word there. Exactly. And as not a parent, I was kind of surprised yesterday about this time. I had already been looking at our closings that we had posted on WTMJ.com, and I Burlington had already eventually by 6 o'clock Oak Creek Franklin schools. And I just felt like, wow, we're, this has been such a mild winter. We're Wisconsinites. This isn't going to be like December where we had the subarctic temperatures right. and the wind and the snow. I just felt like, is this an overreaction? But I think as a parent, I would like to know the day before. So yes, I understand you gotta that. Plan, right? And I would say between planning and safety first, you know, I would rather be sitting here going, wow, it was a bunch of, it was two inches of snow that I can just walk and shovel, as opposed to, wow, we've got three buses spun out and, yeah. and parents worried and, and just have it be much worse of a situation. And especially now with virtual schooling, we have options. Okay, so that raises another interesting question mm-hmm. because schools that canceled today, I checked with a couple of districts, obviously not all of them. They did not go virtual. Really? They shut down and took a snow day. A little surprising, right? I am too. If the mechanism's in place, so one of the districts told me that it's because they don't use it every day now, that it would be Mm. difficult and impractical, was the word they used, to suddenly go virtual. 
you know, the pandemic, they planned for that. They made sure all the kids had the Chromebooks. They made sure all the parents knew what the expectation was. But it did still surprise me. I mean, they canceled a day ahead of time. If they decided yesterday afternoon, could they have decided, maybe we're saying why they decide so early, maybe decide at noon the day before, and then you let the kids know, we're having a virtual day tomorrow. Make sure you have your laptop. Make sure you have it charged. Make sure you have it ready to go. We have the virtual mechanism in place. I'm surprised that virtual didn't happen And today. I think I'd rather have virtual school on a crummy, blecky Thursday in February and get out a day earlier yes. on when the weather's nice Absolute and I can points. kick off my springtime and my summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I know next door to me, the kids were celebrating today. They were they were happy. Yeah, no, we, oh, we got a school day. We got a snow day. We got a snow day. Uh, the other thing is, and someone texted and asked, why don't they send them to school? And if it's not as bad, because that has happened in the past, and they if it gets worse than they think, then they can bring them home early. Well, now you've told parents your kids are going to school. Parents maybe go into work. Parents aren't expecting it. Parents don't line daycare up. And so now you say your kids are coming home at noon. I would just rather know ahead of time. And I, I know for a fact that there are school districts that have the fleet of buses. They operate in shifts. They will do, say, the high school first and then the middle school and then the elementary school. So if you all of a sudden flip the switch in the middle of the day and say, we need to get them out early, now you're starting to backlog. This is going to be like O'Hare yeah. flying around waiting to land. And so it's not as easy as just saying, well, send them home early. It's like any marathon. It's like that's why there's a staggered start or Correct. any golf scramble. It's like, oh, that's why we do this. So everybody isn't flooding in at mm-hmm. once. And A text from the 262. I think it was prudent to cancel school in anticipation of the worst part of the storm being during the return home from students. But I absolutely don't get, in all caps, why all the universities closed as well. 18 hours before the first forecast. It seems unprecedented and unnecessary unless a 12-inch-plus storm or 50-mile-per-hour winds were in progress. I wondered that, too. So with six inches of snow, do you need to cancel class at Marquette? At MATC, it's a driving campus. A lot of people drive. Now, some drive to Marquette, but by and large, it's people who live in the dorms or live on campus in apartments. So if you're getting six inches of snow, is it different to cancel school at Marquette's? than to cancel it at a high school where everybody almost is getting on a bus? I know looking at some of the closings, places like Marquette, Cardinal Stretch, which is yep. just north of Milwaukee, they said we're canceling school, but they said we're going virtual. So they mm-hmm. have the infrastructure, and they are able to to flip that switch a lot easier than high schools. My son down in Cedar Rapids mentioned him. They did exactly that. You don't have to leave the dorms. You're not going to the classes, but we are going virtual all day today. Uh, we'll continue this discussion. The text line's always open to you. The Old National Bank talking text line number is 855-616-1620. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Marquette with a big win last night. It was fantastic. I was at the game. Bob was at the game. John Greenberg, the president of the Admirals, was at the game and posted about it on social media. And it's a really unfortunate incident. And John is with us this afternoon. Hey, go ads! Thanks for being with us, John. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the go ads. You know, we've won five in a row. And yeah. We've got a big weekend ahead ourselves. So. Hey, briefly recap what happened at the game last night. Give us the the Cliff Notes version of what happened and how you handled it at the Marquette game. Yeah. It was uh, it was unfortunate. Uh, you know, I was uh, there with my uh, my wife and my in laws, and uh, uh, they have season tickets. And uh, had uh, two two gentlemen uh, that came in who uh, I think had been uh, overserved well before uh, coming in, and um, 
they were they were struggling in their seats, but then at halftime they disappeared and didn't uh, thought they weren't going to come back until about six minutes to go and uh, staggered their way back to their seats again and then got up and uh, decided to just start screaming uh, uh, unnecessary expletives and uh, just was a very uncomfortable situation for everybody that was uh, sitting in that area. So went and asked for some help from uh, from the ushers there and. I uh, was near, getting near the end of the game, which was just, you know, unfortunate. It's such an exciting game to have it be kind of uh, that enjoyment be taken away there at the end. But, uh, um, you know, the fan conduct stuff is uh, is always a challenge, uh, you know, and that was uh, unfortunate last night. What did the ushers do? Were they removed? How did the game end for those of you sitting in that area? Yeah, um, they went down. You know, their protocol uh, there is to, you know, issue a warning, you know, which – you know, I can certainly appreciate early in, early in the game. Um, you know, it was to the end, and at that point, uh, you know, the damage was kind of done, and I, I didn't actually end up going back to my seat because uh, at that point, I, you know, I figured that was just going to lead to a confrontation yeah. by by them. So I, I watched uh, a bunch of it from uh, the concourse, and uh, you know, just uh, unfortunate. And you know, I think the people that were sitting around us were. We're not thrilled with that type of behavior either. John, uh, this is interesting just from the simple standpoint of you deal with this in your own world of Admirals Hockey. I mean, you, you, you certainly have to monitor fan conduct. You want everybody to make it family-friendly family when they come to a hockey game. So you were kind of in the opposite world all of a sudden where you were on the other end of this fan conduct. Yeah, really, Bob. That was a that was kind of a first for me. You know, I, I've been to thousands of sporting events, some you know, in a lot of different roles, and um, you know, to be on that side of it was uh, was uncomfortable. And uh, you know, we all have our fan conduct messages, uh, whether it's uh, uh, an Admirals game, a Brewers game. You know, we all have our texting numbers to be able to text for uh, you know reporting issues and things like that. And the ushers and security. Uh, um, do the best they can to deal with those situations. And um, sometimes it leads to ejections and sometimes uh, the fans will, that were kind of causing the issue will calm themselves down and realize and apologize to the people sitting around them. So it's, it's different everywhere. And we always want to make sure that we have the best situation for all fans that are coming to games. And if there's ever issues that uh, uh, we get the opportunity to deal with them firsthand. And it is a shame that just a few loud mouths, can really ruin it for others. You must have just felt thrilled for that second half, like, oh, okay, good. I don't uh, have... Yeah. You know, it's just like, yay, we have some peace, we can actually enjoy the game, and then the dread when they come back, and then really fulfill their awfulness. Yeah, I was excited for about uh, 14 minutes of the second half. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, they started coming back to the seats again, and it was... Uh, I was like, oh, boy. And, uh, you know, if they were just going to kind of you know just be drunk and sitting there with fine but uh when the, when the language got uh loud and obnoxious and vulgar and out of hand it yeah. was just like okay we got to do something about this all right hey john we're gonna this is a jumping off point we're gonna have a discussion about fan conduct if people want to weigh in they can do that at 855-616-1620 but before we let you go you guys have big games this weekend uh what's going on with the ads this weekend yeah thanks john we're playing for first place you know we are tied with uh uh, the Texas Stars, we're going to play back-to-back games on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday night at 6 and Sunday afternoon at 3. Um, so the Sunday afternoon game is our annual game for charity. And uh, if we donate $3 from every paid ticket, uh, this year going to Children's Wisconsin. 
And we actually lower the ticket prices for more than half the building to $10 or less. Wow. So um, we hope people will take advantage of that. The The weather forecast looks nothing like today, so it's mm-hmm. supposed to be a beautiful weekend. And uh, hopefully people come out and help us uh, get a couple more wins and keep us uh, red hot and, and hopefully charging up uh, at the first place. And Greeny, what is your prediction for an exciting finish uh, for shootouts to finish either game this weekend? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I just would like to win those in regulation. Yeah, Saturday night in Rockford, we had a 15-rounder, and uh, yesterday in Chicago, we had a 12-rounder. They're only supposed to last three rounds. Right. So, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the fact that they went on that long uh, yesterday was particularly rough because nobody scored until we finally got the game winner, so at least it was on our side. But <laughs> 24 penalty or, uh, you know, shootout shots and only one going in was kind of – Kind of painful to watch. <laughs> Good luck this weekend. John Greenberg is the president of the Milwaukee Admirals. Thanks, John. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, let's talk about this now. Yeah. The Old National Bank talking text lines, 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. Uh, fan conduct. Have you seen a deterioration in the last five years in how people behave at the games? Do you have a story that illustrates that? Something you'd like to share? 855-616-1620. We'll be right back. We're trying to figure out if things have definitely gotten worse when it comes to fan conduct at sporting events or whether it just seems that way. What do you think? Has it gotten worse in the last five years? Or are we just better at identifying it? The Old National Bank talking text lines, 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old. Is it worse? Is there a story you have that would illustrate maybe the direction things have headed? Text it to us or give us a call. We'd love to uh, hear your take on this. I'll start with this text. From the 414, a couple of years ago at an Admirals game against the Grand Rapids Griffiths, that's a weird name, one of their drunk fans yelled during the national anthem when one of the kids' choirs was singing. The entire stadium heard his yell. We had to call security. Mm. Come on. That's beyond disrespectful. That's it's one terrible. Thing to get, it's one thing to have too many drinks uh, pregame and be a terrible lout in the stands, but when you don't even recognize children a kids choir singing, singing the national anthem, yeah, be one of the most patriotic songs ever, and you think your voice needs to be heard. I don't think it has gotten worse. I think it's bad, but, you know, us in this room have gone to sporting events for a long time, and I can think of a Packers game in Indianapolis in 1998. I can think of a Cubs-Brewers game eight or ten years ago with really bad conduct. I think it's always been bad. And and it's it's so random. Of course, you know, we just had John Greenberg on who, I mean, if he's not sitting in those seats, if those guys had different seats, then he has a pleasant evening. So so it is kind of random. It depends on where you are and what the game is. I think rivalry games, you know, Packers, Bears, that stokes the fire around here. Go we to all, a Brewers-Cubs game. Brewers-Cubs game. Um, but one of the hats that I wear is public address announcer for Milwaukee Panther basketball games. And a few weeks ago... We had a fan who sits right behind me. He's very loud. He doesn't swear, but he's very loud, and he, you know, says his displeasures. But he got tossed from the proceeding. The referee, the head referee, came over and told security he needs to go because he flipped the bird. And the referee, that, and the referee even came back and told us later, I can take all the yelling, and the, and the kid never swore. But when he flips the bird front and center, yep, that got him rung out of the arena, and he was run. See you later. He was, hmm. yeah. Yeah, no questions, and and didn't show up for the next two games after that. So there was a hmm. some a penalty for for doing that because the, again the referee and I think referees and umpires they have ears too, and I think they have a limit and a threshold, and they're getting to that point where it's like I'll let you say a bunch of crap, but when you reach that point where you're going to press my button, 
then I'm calling security and I'm going to point you out. I was at the Marquette game last night talking to somebody who said, for Bucks games, we have seats on the court. They're in the front row. Ooh. And they said that um, they are told that if you're that close, that they we will keep a close eye on you. And if there are complaints that you are on the refs or on the players in an excessive way, you will be you will be kicked out. And this person is kind of rabble rouser and said, well, what does that mean, excessive? And they're told, we think you know what the line is. Yeah. And you're allowed to say things, but you will not be allowed to sit here and tell LeBron James that his mom sucks the whole game or really get on the referee over and over and over about what a terrible job they're doing or you will be kicked out. It's expensive to sit there, but it's also a privilege to sit there. And yeah, I would I would agree with that. You can you can poke the bear a little bit, poke LeBron, whoever you want. But yes, there is a line across and we have seen many times, many times on social media where players they know you cross the line and they'll stop the game. I've seen LeBron, Russell Westbrook stop a game and tell a referee to get security yeah. and point the guy out. But there was a problem with Draymond Green earlier this year right. where Draymond Green got somebody kicked out of a game. He said that the guy was saying certain things. The guy denied it vehemently. Yeah. The guy got kicked out. And all the other fans around, after the fact, came forward and said, Draymond Green exaggerated that. The guy was not saying that. Yeah. But the referee, you know, w- was told that that's what was said and kicked the guy out without talking to anybody else in the stands. But the guy was gone. They well, aired on the side of get him out of there. And I have sympathy for the ushers who are really, truly ushers and hosts and hospitality, really, for the most part. It's a shame that they have to be security. And that's going to have to be the ripple of, okay, well, then the usher has to go get the security person if it really is a bad issue. Because we've all been in the section where it's the two loudmouths who have nothing clever to say. I love some good trash talking at a game. It, it adds to the flavor sure. of being with other fans and supporters. But when it's just repetitive and just the drinks, and then here come their friends sneaking into seats that aren't theirs, I still feel like I'm going to get retaliated on or that I'm the jerk if I give the stink eye. Or if I actually do go up and... and then, then oh, it's I'm interrupting security. But it's interrupting my enjoyment of the game that I've got to go up and tattle. Well, that's you know true. I mean? It's just like, but otherwise, it's just it's, such otherwise a pain. it's interrupted the whole game. Right, right. And you have to listen to that cursing. A couple of texts before we uh, before we close this one up. I think we notice more in the age when we all have a video camera in our pockets. We're more aware of it. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree with that. I don't really think it's worse. Um, Tom and Milton. I'm from Illinois. I attend the Bears game at Lambeau Field because of the Bears game. And I treat it with respect and well mannered teasing as an opponent at Lambeau Field. That's great. However, That's fine. Cubs fans were so poor behaved that I changed teams and can't cheer for the Cubs anymore because of Cubs fans' poor behavior. That's interesting. Mm. I, I can speak to how exhausting they were when I was a Brewers game day host. And everybody's going to think I'm picking on Cubs fans, but they were just exhausting. The Brewers could have won 11 to nothing over the Cubs, yep. and they would just be mouthy. And it's like, yes, yeah. but look at the scoreboard. And then they get meaner at you. It's just like, okay, you're yeah. just here to be mean. You're, you're draining me.